Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ozil's corner, headed out this time by Brunt. Not very far though. Here's Alexis Sanchez. Is that a handball? No. Nothing to play. Great! What a goal! Arsenal made it 3-0. Jack Wilshire with an absolute thunderbolt. Hello and welcome to In Lockdown, in partnership with Camden Town Brewery and part two of our interview with Jack Wilshire. If you missed part one, you can go back and listen now and you can also leave us a rating and review to help us in the podcast chart. We pick up the interview with Jack talking about his first serious ankle injury in the summer of 2011. You played in the Emirates Cup and um, that's when you injured your ankle. So do you remember at the time knowing how serious it would be or what was what was the what were the doctors saying to you at that point to be honest with you I, I I had a problem I actually injured my ankle in the the last game of that season and I was playing for England against Switzerland and I remember after the game uh, like struggling just thinking oh, this is a knock like I've got I've had a knock before uh, I've got four weeks off I think I had and I'll come back in pre-season spoke with the physios they were like yeah sweet they looked at me and said yeah whatever go away come back in pre-season. I came back and I started pre-season. In fact, I had a good pre-season. I still had a little niggle in my ankle. Like I could still feel a little bit of pain, but I wanted to play. I felt like I was getting better and better. I had a really good pre-season. I felt like a really important player in the team. And, and then uh, obviously what happened at the Emirates Cup. But even then, I didn't think that it would go on for as long as it did. I felt like it would be a couple of weeks and it just got worse. Like really, really quickly it got worse. And it actually like, it wasn't until a few years ago when I looked back at it and looked back at the notes that I've got from all the surgeries and it was it was career threatening and I didn't think that at the time. I I was young. I just thought, right, this is my first surgery, I'll have surgery and it will all go away. Um, but it didn't. It took ages. I missed I think I missed a whole year and and then they didn't want to rush me back, so I didn't come back till the October. And yeah, that hurt that injury. I was bad one to tough to take. Yeah, because you were never really ruled out for that as you said, it was always I'll be back soon, not soon, but you know we're building towards yeah. a comeback time, and then it was always delayed. What so what was going on behind the scenes? Was there other conversations with the doctors, um, or was that all up front? Was the manager always being up front with everyone? There was nothing anyone could do. The medical team were great. The doc who's still there was was unbelievable. Like, I've got so much to thank him for throughout my whole career. But no, that injury it was like so. First of all. It was a couple of weeks and then I would go in a boot for a couple of weeks and build up slowly. And then they, after the couple of weeks in the boot, they re-scanned it and the bone just weren't healing. There was nothing anyone could do. So they needed to, to put um, a pin in it and fix it basically. And then it just went on from there. Like Then I, got, I picked up another um, injury when I was in the rehab. And then I finally sort of got, I was coming back towards like March, March time of the, to play in the end of the season. And uh, 
and I got another, I, got, I started getting pain in my knee and like, it just went on and on, Josh. And like, there was no one, we were always honest with each other. And like, if there's anything that we were, we were speaking about, it's probably the season before I played all them games. And yeah, like, if we were going to change anything, it might've been that, but it was obviously too late by then. Because as a growing through the youth teams, you hadn't you hadn't had a reputation for being injured. You hadn't missed no. big chunks of of seasons at all, had you before? No, I'd never been injured. Like I'd always played, always trained. Even growing up in like I would play school football, I'd play local football, and I'd play for Arsenal, and I'd train all the time. And that's why it was such a, a big shock as well because I'd never experienced anything like that before, and it felt like just as things were going getting good. I had a great season. I was ready to push on and really become a key key player in the team. It was just taken away from me. Yeah, as you say, it's a sort of difficult time because, as I say, you're establishing yourself. And what were your emotions when you did manage to make your comeback? Is I think it was at home to QPR, wasn't it? And... Yeah. Well, first of all, it was a completely different team. We've got, <laughs> yeah. we've got new players. Yeah. Like the team, there was, there was a few players from when I was, I was playing before, but it, like the dynamic of the team had changed. We'd got different players that I've been playing with. So I was excited to get back and, and show them what I could do. And mm. as well, I, was, I just wanted to get back playing like for myself, for my family. I wanted to play week in, week out. I'd missed it so much. I took it all for granted that season. And then I'd missed it so much. And it was, yeah, it was special. I played well as well, actually. I was really nervous before that game because I played a few... Um, under 23 games and it was a long way back like it took a few months to get really like fit and confident in my body and also on the pitch like confident in doing things and um I actually like things went well for me that game and that that gave me a massive boost as well and like that gave me massive trust in my body and in the way that I'd done my rehab and like and that that's, from then on like that season went well for me I remember enjoying that season and playing a lot of games yeah, and you mentioned that players, lots of new players. I think that was the season that Santi joined and Dodolski and Giroud yeah. and players like that. And and players throughout your time at Arsenal were joined from all over the world. And you were like the the consistent English presence, if you like, who was sort of there to to show them the Arsenal way. Did you ever feel like you were the guy who was telling them about the English lifestyle and and what it meant to play in the Premier League and what it meant to live in London? Was that your unofficial role in the in the squad? <laughs> Not really, because I never lived in London. <laughs> you know what? We were pretty lucky. Like they were all good lads. No one would like. Not one of them had a had a bad bone in them. Like obviously, we got Arteta as well. He played in England for a while. Uh, Podolski had come from Germany, so it was similar. But he was just such a great lad. Like he just fitted in straight away. And then obviously Giroud. I think he surprised a lot of people with how he was in his first year. Very physical. That like, coming from France. I know he was a big a big guy, but. Like, to be honest with you, Josh, I didn't. No one really had that role of. I didn't feel like that was a role. Maybe by the way I played, or people would look at that and see the English way, but it's never really spoken about. No. Who, so who were you particularly close to throughout your your time in the in the first team at Arsenal? Who would you say were your your closest friends off the pitch? Obviously, I'd say Wojciech. Um He was there from first day I went full time. We we actually lived together. Uh, for a few years, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah, he was telling us a few, a few of the tricks he played, and you. I don't know if you want to. You've got a right of reply now, but he, he hid your car, didn't he? One one day at the training ground. Yeah, yeah. No, he was crazy. I didn't want to mess with him because I knew that he had no. Like he would just do anything. Like he was that mad. 
it was brilliant to live with. I loved it. Like, I look back now and think, what what time in my life? Like, um, we just used to go to football every morning, play football all day, and then come back and, and play on the PlayStation. It was it was, it was good times. Um, yes, I'd say him. Theo was always I was always close with Theo. I, I always sort of looked up to Theo because the way he ha- he, he handled himself off the pitch, like he'd obviously been through or been through all the hype of uh, being a young player, getting in the England squad, and it sort of never really. Like he never really seemed to phase him and mm. he'd always do things properly around the training ground and then obviously Kieran Gibbs who I grew up with and like, he was a few years older than me so I wouldn't say I grew up with him but I always remember him when I was growing up like in the older boys and like, when I used to play up now and then he would be around and then obviously like then all the younger English players started coming in like Callum Chambers Rob Holding the Ox uh, Welbs I was, I was pretty close with Welbs before he came to to Arsenal, he's playing the uh, 21s with him. And what about your relationship with Arsene? You must have had some ups and downs with him over 10 years, as I guess all players did. But how how would you describe your relationship with him? Um, you know, I can't, like, I was just thinking when you said that, like, I can't really remember too many downs, like, if any. Like, he was always so good with me. He made me feel like I was important. Without him, like, I don't think my Arsenal career would have went the way it was. And, it did, or I'd got the opportunities I did. Like he, one thing that I always felt from him is he he respected me. Like he rated me. He really rated me as a player. He knew my ability, and I felt that from him. To have that trust from a manager, like you ask any player, you can't beat that feeling. Where going into a game, you have confidence. Like if you have a a bad game or an off game, you know that he's going to stick by you. He's going to back you. And over the years, like I felt that and. That was like so important for me, and that was that's that is and why I respect him so much, and and I thank him for everything. What did he tell you? He thought your best position was because you played in a few different midfield roles, didn't you, under him and, and for England as well? Did he ever say to you, "This is what you should be doing. This is what this is your best uh, role in the team"? Yeah, he did. And that's actually that's we disagreed on that a few times, <laughs> but but we laughed about it as well. Like and when I first got into the team, I was playing on the right wing and. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I'd never seen myself playing there, but I actually really enjoyed it, cutting in from right, using either, taking either a shot or a through ball, and I really enjoyed it. And then when I started playing in the in the Premier League, we used to play a four-two-three-one, and I'm playing the two in midfield. And I think that was only because of the injuries at the time. But then, like, as I said, I took my opportunity, and he stuck by me, and I learned that position that year. But then when I came back from that injury, I think he saw me playing further forward. He wanted me to play as a, uh, a number 10. And, and don't get me wrong, I did enjoy it. But I found it more difficult playing there. I enjoyed it more, a little bit deeper where I could play and get on the ball and sort of control the game. And then obviously I started playing holding midfield for England. And I loved it. Like Things went really well when I played there. And I felt like I was really learning that role. And, and then I came back and had the conversation with Arsene and he was like, no, I don't see you playing there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we didn't really play that formation where there was one holding midfield anyway, but I wanted to play in the, the two. But yeah. again, yeah. he played, he's, he's, he kept playing me in the in the 10 role, which I enjoyed. And listen, I was playing number 10 for Arsenal with number 10 on my back. So I was living, living the dream as well. But I just felt like I could give a little bit more when I was deeper. But in many ways, I always thought of you as the 
perfect Arsene Wenger player, really, the way that he likes to, to play the game and that sort of technique in mid, midfield. And I, I guess that Norwich goal really sums that up, the, the famous goal he scored at Emirates Stadium against Norwich. Um, whenever I watch that back, I always think you're going to get flagged offside. But do you, do you, do you, have you watched that game? Have you watched that goal back much? Is that... Yeah. Well, I get tagged in it every other day on Twitter. So. <laughs> the fans can't get enough uh, of it, that's why. Yeah, you know what? You say that about that offside. I knew I weren't offside. Like, I'm looking... Like you sort of see when I flick it back, I'm still looking at uh, Giroud, and it's it's gonna sound mad, and like people have asked me this before, and they don't believe me, but that used to happen all the time in training, and like whether it was like just doing playthroughs, like unopposed, no defenders, or whether it's with defenders, we that is like Arsene Wenger, that's the way he wanted to play. He wanted to play that quick stuff. I remember he used to do a drill where he would like, I'm not like he'd probably line up fifty mannequins sort of on the edge of the box, and like there'd be three of us and we used to have to like just take two touch and sort of navigate our way through it as quick as we could. So we used to do that all the time and like, I remember thinking, I didn't know how good it was a goal, but I remember Giroud coming celebrating me and saying, oh, that, that was that was special. And I'm, but in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you know what, we did it all the time in training. But then I saw it back and like, obviously I started to move in, in our own half. And But that was what, what the boss wanted. I remember the the crowd watching it back on the big screens and the the replays, and that's when there's like a gasp that went around the stadium when they were watching it. Do you watching it on the on the pitch as well with the players? We, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when I was walking off at half time, and I remember um, Nathan, you know, Nathan Redmond from Southampton. He was at Norwich at the time. I remember him coming up to me and saying, "Mate, you need to watch that goal back. That was special." But it wasn't until like after the game, really, when I saw it. And I thought, you that was that was nice. So after that, you you're on loan at, at Bournemouth for your second loan spell. Um, what were your feelings then at, at the time about your your place in the Arsenal squad and your your importance to the team? Did you think this was an opportunity to show again to Arsenal what you could do? What what was your emotions? Did you feel you had to prove yourself again, or or was it not like that? That was a difficult decision. Um, you know what? The season before, I'd been injured and I'd come back at the end of the season and uh, played a few games and got into the Euro squad, which looking back, I probably shouldn't have went to the Euros. I weren't fit enough, but obviously I was desperate to. And, and at the time, I just, that's, all I, that's all I could focus on was getting back, playing a few games for Arsenal, getting in that squad. And I knew that uh, Hodgson really liked me and he'd take me. So, And then I came back when after the Euros, went on holiday, had a pre-season, had a good pre-season, um, but then started the season on the bench. Um, and I remember like a few games sitting there thinking, oh, I could have to uh, to leave here. Like, I'm, I'm getting to an age where I need to play now. I've been injured too much. Is that going to happen here? And I, I, I had come off the bench and, and got minutes, but I wanted more. And I remember sort of going to Arsenal and seeing if, like, what I needed to do, am I going to play? And I sort of asked, like, saying, do I need to leave? Do I need to go on loan? And he just said, yeah, you can go on loan. And, you know, at the time I was devastated almost because I wanted to stay and play at Arsenal. But I look back and think, you know, I thank him for that honesty. Like how many managers would actually say, yeah, you can go out and just not be selfish and keep me in the squad and keep me training. And and, and then I had like a day or maybe two days before the before deadline day to make my decision. And, you know, after meeting with Eddie and, his staff, I knew that I was going to go there and you know, I really enjoyed it there as well. And yeah, I probably did feel like I needed 
not really to prove to Arsene because I knew that he he knew my ability, technical ability and footballing ability, but to prove to him, prove to myself as well that my fitness, you know, I could still play. I think I played 33 games that year in the, in the league and that was like, I know I got injured at the end, but it, that was a, a, a an impact injury, which was nothing to do with like my body and not being able to do it anymore. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So you came back and, and it'll be your last season, that 17, 18 season. So you had a year left on your contract. What what was what were the discussions at the start of that year? Did you did you know it would be your last year or do you still hoping that you, you could stay or whose decision was it? Um so obviously I came back and I was injured. And I just got married as well, so it was like I'd got injured and then sort of stepped away from football a little bit to take my mind off things, got married and went on uh, my honeymoon and came back and I was I still weren't with the team. I was still training on my own, like doing my rehab. And I remember one afternoon sat in the gym and Arson on a bike actually and Arson just came and sat next to me and we had like a really honest conversation. He said, Look, this is your last year of the club, I'm gonna offer you a new deal. If you find uh a club who's going to give you a long-term deal. If I was you, I'd go. Um, and at the time, I was still injured and nothing really came up. And I was I was obviously considering everything. But and as well, once I'd realised that I wasn't going to leave, I was going to stay for another year, um, I thought to myself, I looked around uh, the midfield and I thought, you know what, if I get myself really fit and I've got a manager who who trusts me, who backs me, who knows my ability. And if I can prove my fitness to him, and I think I can get in this team, and and I did, you know, the team didn't really do well in the league, started badly. I'd got, I played a few uh, under 23 games and then got into the Europa League squad, played a few of them games, played well. Um, and then, yeah, as I thought, Arsenal would, would show faith in me and I played and I managed to play quite a lot of games that season. It was quite a good season. I enjoyed it. And then I got offered a new deal. At Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah, so 
I um, obviously had a year left, and even in the January, I was playing in the team, and there were still no uh, discussions happening. And then there finally the discussions happened, and I got offered a new deal, and I weren't really happy with it. But then I, uh, I'd have conversations with Arsene, and Arsene was doing all he could for me. And like, we sort of got to a point where, where, where we'd almost agreed it, and I was almost ready to sign. And then obviously the news came that Arsene was leaving, and I just thought. How can I sign a new deal at a club that is based on appearances? So I need to play to to get uh, a decent amount of, of money and with a manager who I don't know if he likes me or anything. So I wanted to see if um, who was going to come in because no one knew who was going to come in. And then when Emery did come in, I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with him, and I did. And he he said to me that basically, if I was you, I would I would leave. He said, "You're not." In my starting eleven, he's got plans to buy midfield. I think he brought Torreira and a few others, and I wasn't in his plans. And and that was the moment when I decided that, yeah, you know what? A lot of people who who I'd grown up grown up with at the club, the staff, you know, the physios, my friends, basically, felt like the club was going in a different direction. And yeah, I decided to leave. Yeah, it felt like a start of a new era, an end of one era and start of another. How, how difficult was it, though, to, to come to that decision? How long did, who did you have to speak to who was important in making that decision? Well, it felt like it went on forever because the discussions probably started in the February time and then we got to a point where, yeah, OK, I was going to sign it. I wanted to stay at the club. I loved the club and, you know, I knew, I knew everyone at the club. I felt like it was my family and then Arsene left. So then that dragged on. They didn't announce MRA for a while. The club was going in a different direction, and I'd obviously had conversations with my dad, my family, my wife, um, my agent around that about you have to wait until we see who comes in, if see if he likes you because of the way the contract was set up, and like it seemed like it went on for it forever, and then as soon as Emery said to me, "Look, you know, in my starting eleven, it was like, okay, right, I need to leave." I mean, it was difficult. Yeah, it was, it was very difficult, obviously. As I said, that was like I felt like Arsenal was my family. I was part of Arsenal. It was a massive club, and I was I was a big part of it. And it was it was it was difficult. It was a sad time to leave. And now, even now, I look back and think, yeah, that was a tough time. Do you have any regrets at all about not just that decision, but your your whole time at Arsenal? Would you have done anything differently? It's difficult to say. I mean, oh. A lot of the injuries were I couldn't control, so I couldn't have done that anything, anything around that different. And then everything else, you know, I enjoyed. I mean, I regret that first season us not winning something because I think things would have been a lot different. Um, but apart from that, you know, I got to captain the club that I grew up loving, and that was uh, one of my dreams. So I've done that. You know, I'd like to have done that more, but it weren't to be. I decided to leave. Did you always think growing up that you'd be a, a one-club man? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, obviously, when I grew up, like Gerard was was something that I, I looked to do. And, and I think that was the way I was brought up as well, like to love the club. I always thought that I'd be there forever. Once I'd got into the team, I thought like I would. I felt like it was home. It felt right playing for them. And yeah, I mean, even now... I'm at West Ham, I look at someone like Mark Noble and you know, to a certain extent 
you look at them with a little bit of jealousy. You know, you think you've been at this club like your whole career. I could have had that if things would have went a little bit different. And now I'm obviously at West Ham. I I don't regret that at all. I'm I'm happy where I am. I obviously things have have not been brilliant for me in terms of injuries. But now I feel like I'm in a place where I can really get back and get on the pitch and and show the West Ham fans what I can do. But looking back at your time at Arsenal, there's also plenty of highlights. And what would you say would you most you're most proud of from your time at the club? It's probably winning, winning the first FA Cup. Maybe the Barcelona game, but then we lost the second leg, so it took the icing off it a little bit. But that was a special night, and I look back. Um, but I think the main one is the first cup because it took since from 2011 when we lost that the cup final to get anywhere near another cup final and. And then the way the game went, we were 2-0 down and, and then me and Rosicky came on and we won the game. It was it was it was probably the highlight of my Arsenal career. The bus parade sounded like fun afterwards, a trophy parade. <laughs> Vocek told us little bits, but I don't know if you can fill in any gaps. I don't think he could remember it all actually, but um No. Mate, I, yeah. You know what? Like after the game, we obviously went straight to a party. Uh, like a club had put on a party and we'd you're probably there, Josh, were you? Don't think I got the invite for that one, Jack. <laughs> uh, and then a few of us, not the whole team, but a lot of the team went out straight after that. And I remember we uh, we got back to the hotel at around 8am in the morning. And I actually remember walking past uh, Arsenal having breakfast and we just getting in. <laughs> and um, I remember then, I think it was Paul Johnson saying, look, like, Get yourself together. Uh, you got to be on the bus in an hour, all of you. And I remember just thinking, oh my God, like, how the hell are we going to do this today? And as soon as we got on the bus, Wojciech, his normal mad self, like, gave us all a beer and, and we just carried on. And it was, yeah, it was it was a good day, a good couple of days. But I guess it's so important for you to, to win a, you'd won the Youth Cup with the youth team, but to win a trophy with the first team and then you, you won it again. The next year, it wouldn't have seemed right, would it, if you ended your Arsenal career without a trophy? Yeah, no, that's why we, we celebrated so much because no, a lot of the team was still there from 2011 when we lost, and Wojciech was definitely there. And me and Wojciech were close, and we just like we we spoke about it when we used to live in digs together, like winning trophies for Arsenal and playing together, and we'd done it. Now, when like it was the last game of the season, we got six weeks off, and we just celebrated, and it was brilliant. So how strange was it when you came back to play against Arsenal with, with West Ham? Yeah, that was very strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was strange. Like The whole day was strange. Turning up in the bus, seeing everyone. Because it was pretty soon as well after I left. I think it was the third game into the season. Mm, yeah, like getting, to the, uh, getting off the bus, turning right instead of left was strange. Seeing everyone that I'd normally see on a match day. and But as well, at the time, we'd lost the first few games and it was a big game for us but it was it was tough like for me to to get my head around it all like we we lost the game in the end and it was disappointing but it was yeah it was, it was strange emotions because the fans have always had you've always been close with the fans you had a great affiliation probably stuff some of the stuff you've done on the trophy parades helped that actually but um but that day you got a, a good reception as well and you do you still see yourself as a an Arsenal man are your kids Arsenal fans yeah, yeah, no, I do, and I think the reason why that we've always had a good relationship 
me and the fans is because you know I was basically one of them. Josh, growing up, you know, we used to get tickets to uh, to to the games because I was in the academy. Every other week or every three weeks, we'd get tickets, and I'd go to Highbury and I'd watch them. And I think, yeah, you know what, I want to play here, and just like any other kid in the stadium, and and I really respected them because of that, going and seeing them, seeing the way they are, and uh, you know, I was brought up with loads of Arsenal fans around me, all my mates. Uh, I was brought up in an in an Arsenal area, not Arsenal, but in an Arsenal area in Hertfordshire, and um, and as well, I'd have got, I'd, believe it or not, I have a lot of Tottenham fans in my family, my mum's side of the family of Tottenham fans, and uh, so I'd always sort of got that stick from them, and grew up with that banter, and wanting to beat Tottenham, not liking Tottenham, and always being up for them games, and I think the fans really felt that, and that's why they we had a special relationship. So just just finally, will we ever see you back? And you've been doing your coaching badges, haven't you? Can you imagine a, a time when you return turn to Arsenal in some capacity? Um, I'd 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 like to think so, Josh. To be honest, um, as I said, I still see myself as an Arsenal person. I I spent too long there not to. Like, it's no disrespect to anyone or where I am now. It's just I spent more than half my life there, so it's difficult not to. To have have them feelings towards a club like that, and it's a special club, and no, I definitely at, at some point like to to be back in some capacity. Yeah. So you you do want to go into coaching, do? You? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, I actually started a, an academy with with one of my long term friends from Arsenal, Paul Johnson, who uh, we spent years there as well. And, and when he came out, he asked me for a bit of help in with his with his NCF elite thing he started, and it just turned out nice because I was doing my coaching badges before that and I really needed to like coaching is strange it's like it's a bit like football the more you practice the better you get it and I needed to get that experience and I'm still doing it now I'm still enjoying it uh, I think I, I enjoy more the the development of kids saying that I've not had the, the experience or chance to obviously coach at, um, at senior level or men's football so but at the moment I'm really enjoying like seeing how the kids develop in in the time that we we've had them, and so yeah, I think coaching will be something that I'll be I'll be going into. And um, is Archie's your oldest, isn't he? Is he um, showing any signs of the Wilshire the Wilshire gene? Yeah, he is. You know, he's uh, he was a bit of a, a late starter. Um, it wasn't really until the twenty eighteen World Cup when he was six then. Uh, when he really started getting into it, like getting, getting obsessed with it, and now that's what he does: is kicks the ball around the house. He's in the garden. He's a bit different. He's right-footed. Um, he's a bit of a different build to me as well. Like he's, I think he's actually going to be normal man type, not a really short man like me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's more athletic. So I'd, I can see him more as a, I think a midfielder, but a different type of midfielder. Okay, and he's obviously had a lot of one-on-one coaching with you over the last few weeks. So, uh, yeah, he has. Hopefully, Which he's taken been, it all in. Yeah, no, he's getting better. Well, we're going to leave it there, Jack, because I've taken up enough of your time already. So, thanks a lot. That's all right, Josh. Thanks, mate. Always, always good to hear from you, Jack. It's um, good to go down memory lane and remember yeah, all those days. The good old days. We hope you enjoyed that interview today. And if you did, you can tell us about it on iTunes by leaving your reviews and ratings. We'll be back soon with some more great guests. But until then, thanks for listening.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.